So uh, for those of you who are not here with us, uh, our theme is Make Me a Servant. Okay, Make Me a Servant. And for this, uh, for this hour, uh, maybe 30 minutes or so, we are going to ask the question, what does it mean to be a servant of Jesus Christ? What does it actually mean? So we'll look at different aspects of being a servant, uh, a servant of Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, just as an intro, if God were to come to you one day and ask you the question, you know, I will make you into anything you want, anything, what would you say? I'll make it into anything. Okay? Let's be honest. Yes? <laughs> you know, some of us, you know, I know people, if God came to them and said, you know, I'll make you into anything you want, they would say, Lord, make me into a doctor. Yes, Koreans? Yes? Every Korean male wants to be a doctor, almost. Okay? That's why at Loma Linda, like 40% of the medical students are the Korean. Okay? <laughs> Some of the ladies, you know, God says, you know, I'll make you do anything you want. They would say, Lord, make me into a girlfriend. Make me into a bride. Amen? Actually, wait, no, not amen. <laughs> well, it's not a bad thing, but uh, that's like in, in the deepest desire. It's like, I want to be a bride. Yes? Or some of the guys, you know, I just need a girlfriend. Make me into a boyfriend. Okay? I hate those terms, boyfriend. Oh, it's like, okay. So, <laughs> uh, some people, you know, Lord, just make me into a good student. Okay, I don't do good in school. Also, Koreans, half of us want to do that as well. Okay, others, you know, make me into a certain employee of a certain company. Uh, make me into a graduate student. Right? I'm not sure what you want. Okay, but is your deepest desire, Lord, make me into a servant? No? <laughs> okay, make me into a servant. Okay, do we really want to be servants of God? Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 20. Let's go to our uh, scripture reading, Matthew chapter 20. If you're there, say, Maranatha. If you're not there, say, have mercy on me, O Lord. Yeah. Matthew Chapter 20, verse 20 to 22. Let's read it together. Okay. We can interact. Uh, you can interact with me. Uh, so let's uh, read it together. Uh, Matthew 20, verse 20 to 22. Are we there? Yes? Okay. Let's read together. One, two, three. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, What did he say? You do not know what you ask. Okay? We have to be careful what we ask for. Amen? Okay, we have to be careful what we ask for. You know, um, one reason why I'm here standing before you is because of uh, amazing facts. And we're so thankful, Pastor Ross, for joining us. I'm here because of Pastor Doug Batcher's ministry. And I'm so thankful to Amazing Facts. And, you know, Doug Batcher, uh, Pastor Doug likes to tell the story of, you know, a fictitious story, obviously, of a man 
You guys might have heard his story. You know, he finds a bottle, finds, and genie pops up and says, you know, I could, I'll give you three things, right? So he said, oh man, that's, that's cool. So he's like, I want, you know, I want an expensive car. What's a good car? I'm not into cars, so I... Huh? Okay, whatever that was, okay? So I want that. So like, bam! It's like, oh, wow, okay? It's like, okay, um, one more? Yeah, two more. Uh, you know, I, I want, you know, a million-dollar bank account. You know, TD bank account, million dollars, bam, right? Then he's like, you guys know the story? Do you guys know what He's like, the third, third one, I want to be irresistible to women. Do you know what he turned into? Huh? Yes, he turned into a box of chocolates. <laughs> yes, okay. You have to be careful what you ask for. Right? It's kind of like when you go to a restaurant. Have you ever asked for something at a restaurant and it was really bad? Yes, you know, I'm Korean, and Koreans are supposed to be good at eating spicy food. Supposed to, okay? Now, I can't eat spicy food, and I always get made fun of by my Korean friends for that, right? And sometimes you order something, and you, 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 know, you think it's going to be good, but it comes out really spicy, right? And you know, when I, when I eat spicy food, I sweat a lot. Those of you who have, who've gone to restaurants with me know. I use a lot of the napkins to wipe my sweat off more than my, you know, my mouth, right? And my brother's the same. We're twins, so, okay? You have to be careful what you ask for. So friends, you know, make me a servant is a prayer, is it not? Yes, isn't it? Yes? Yes, it's a prayer, it's a request. Lord, make me into a servant. But the question is, do we know what we're asking for? Do you know what it means to be a servant of God? Okay, so that's what we're going to be exploring this morning. Okay, before we go, uh, go any further, I'm just going to pray one last time. Okay, you could just sit. Please bow your heads with me in prayer. Eternal Father, Lord, please teach us what it means to be a servant this morning. Lord, we don't have that much time. And Father, I pray that your spirit would move from mind to mind, heart to heart, impressing truth upon every single soul. Lord, I, I kneel here very humble, Lord. Um, just please use me as your mouthpiece. Father, ultimately, I pray that every single one here, they can walk out being able to say that the Lord has spoken to me this morning, or uh, rather this afternoon. Please be with us, Lord. We know that you will. Please speak to our hearts. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, switch the slide. When we say, make me a servant, the first thing we are asking for is make me completely humble. What did I say? Make me completely humble. Let's go to verse uh, Matthew 20, uh, verse 25 to 27. 25, 27. Let's read that together. Are we there? Yes. Okay. So let's read. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be what? Be your servant. Okay? And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your, your slave. Are we together? We have no energy in this group. Are we together? Yes. yes. Okay. Question. 
Name someone we would consider great, a great person. Pardon me? Barack Obama. <laughs> Barack Obama. <laughs> we will see if, uh, if the Americans agree in the upcoming elections. Who else? Who else would we consider a great person? Abraham Lincoln. Martin Luther. Okay. I think about Wayne Gretzky. Okay. <laughs> okay. They call him what? What's his nickname? The Great One. Why? Because he's really good at hockey. I know Americans, you don't care about hockey, but up here in Canada, we are addicted to hockey. Okay. And Wayne Gretzky called the Great One because he's good at hockey. Okay. I think about Alexander the. Why? Yeah, he conquered southern part of Europe, Asia, into Egypt in around 10 years. Is that correct? Around, huh? 12? Okay, my sister says 12. We'll just go with that, okay? Steve Jobs, one of the greatest innovators. Amen? Okay. We all have an Apple product, yes? Okay. One of the greatest innovators. Michael Phelps has just been declared the greatest Olympian. Why? So many medals, okay? So many medals. And friends, so we, in our minds, we typically define greatness as uh, um, based on our accomplishments. Is this not true? Based on our accomplishments. But, but in, God's, in, God, in God's view, true greatness is what? Is what? What does the verse say? It's to be a servant, okay? Ellen uh, White says, in Desire of Ages, let's read it together. How was Christ to bring these poor souls, talk about the disciples, where Satan will not gain over them a decided victory? How could he show that it is loving service? What? True humility, which constitutes what? True greatness. Okay? True greatness. I want to just share uh, something, you know, this past year, uh, last year, starting fall, uh, I, was in, uh, I was in medical school, but I got removed uh, because of uh, something that happened to me in the school, and uh, it was very difficult, very difficult, because my greatest dream growing up was to, uh, to be a physician. So I came back here, I was like, okay, Lord, I, was, uh, I had been removed, so what do I do? And the verse I came, and uh, I remember in, I think, Ministry of Healing, she says, you know, if you want to know your life calling, do what's nearest at hand. Isn't that true? Just do faithfully what's nearest at hand. So I'm like, okay. So, uh, you know, uh, I just thought of, about CYC. We are glad that Mr. Zita is with us today. So, okay, you know, CYC is in town, and I'll just do call porting for, uh, from January to April. Okay, January to April. Never call ported before. And, uh, you know, I'll be very, can I be honest with you? Yes? Yes? Okay, you don't want me to lie, right? <laughs> God might strike me down, okay? Uh, so, you know, I, I, I remember I'd be going from door to door. My boss is in the crowd right now. It's kind of <laughs> I'll be going door to door, and I'll be thinking to myself, Lord, why am I here? Why am I going door to door? I'm supposed to be in some classroom studying physiology a couple years. I'm supposed to be in a hospital doing clinicals, going around rounds, learning all this medical science. Why am I going door to door, you know, knocking on doors? And you know, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, you know, why are you asking that question? 
Why are you asking that question? And I realized it's because, you know, it looks, it looks more fancy, looks greater to be a doctor in medical school than to be a call porter. You all agree? Is there any, you know, uh, distinction in being a call porter in people's eyes generally? You know, if you go, if you be a doctor, all the people are looking at you, especially if you're Korean. They're like, wow, you know, you went, to, you went to medical school. You can get an MD behind your name. You know, call porters don't have a degree behind their name. What do you put, like, you know, LE or something? They're like, no, you, you don't, you don't do that, right? You don't do that. And friends, I realized, I realized that my motive, part of my motive, I still, it was still about pride. Do you understand? Still about pride. I thought being great was to be in medical school, to have go towards a fancy degree behind my name. Like so many of my Korean friends. Okay, my, my Korean friends are here. Okay, I really want to talk to you. So many of us, we think our greatness is about our degree behind our name, but that's not true in God's eye. Degrees mean nothing to God. Amen? Okay, you are bought at a price, and that's the only thing that gives you true value. The degree behind your name is just another tool for you to serve God's kingdom. Amen? Yes? True humility, friends. True humility. You know, many of us, we try to make a reputation for ourselves. Philippians chapter 2, don't go there. It says, Jesus made himself of how much reputation? No. Some? No, no reputation. But you know, we go around, we try to make a reputation for ourselves. We try to be the most beautiful person. Ladies, is this true? Okay. We try to make ourselves beautiful, athletic. We try to be smart, you know, funny. We want to be funny. We want to be noticed. Try to make a reputation for ourselves. Okay. But listen to what Ellen White says. Okay. No, next, yeah. Oh, no, okay. It's not there. Okay. Well, anyways, she says, you know, Jesus, Jesus was emptied of self. Okay. He did not want, if you're emptied of self, you don't want to make yourself noticed. Okay. So, you know, everyone's, you know, okay, you know, this is, you know, all these girls here, all the guys are talking to her, and you don't feel jealous. Amen? Okay, that's true humility. You don't want to be noticed. Okay. You don't, you don't need to be part of the in crowd. Okay? No, no desire to glorify yourself. That's what it means to be a servant. Okay? So when we say, make me a servant, we are saying also, make me, make me humble. Truly humble. 100% humble. Not just 99%. All glory gone. Only live for the glory of God. Is that a desire, friends? Okay? Make me humble. Okay? Second thing, when we say, make me a servant, Lord, we're say, saying, make me selfless, okay? Let's go to verse 28. Okay, Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Let's read that together. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? But to serve and to give his life a ransom for money, okay? You see, when you're a servant, you don't care, you don't focus on what can, how can people serve me? It's all about how can I serve other people, okay? When you say, make me a servant, you're saying, Lord, make me completely selfless, okay? I remember driving in a car with some people, okay? And there was these ladies in the car, 
and you would drive by, right, you were driving down, you know, some street in Toronto, and you see nice cars go by, right? You see a nice car. And the ladies, they were in the car, they were saying, oh man, look at that nice car, okay? Which man is gonna take, gonna come in that car and pick me up, right, and be my boyfriend? Is that good? Okay? See, I can't wait. Which man is going to do that for me? You know, something you have conversations with people, young people, and that, you know, you know, my future man, he's going to do this for me, he's going to do that for me, he has to be this and that and the other. Some guy, they'll say, you know, I want this kind of lady, I want this kind of girl, she has to be this for me, she's going to do this for me. Selfish. Is this not true? Yes, it's true. Instead of saying, you know, what can I do? What can I do for the other person? Am I the right one? Yes, selfishness. You know, friends, we are innately selfish. But friends, when we ask the Lord, make me a servant, you're saying, Lord, take away all my selfishness. How much selfishness? Selfishness? All of my selfishness. All my desires, okay? All my motives, thoughts, always for other people always for other people, okay? Third thing, when you say, make me a servant, okay, we're saying, Lord, make me sacrifice for others, okay? If you read here, you know, Jesus Christ, it says, he came to serve and to what? In 28. He did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. In other words, when you're a servant, you're called to sacrifice. Okay? Can you change the slide? This, uh, not too long ago, I know some of you have heard this story. You know, when I think about sacrifice, I think about a group of missionaries in China that I served with uh, twice last year. Okay? I went to China to serve among people with leprosy. Okay? Now, what is leprosy? Quick, quick. Pardon me? It's a disease caused by virus or bacteria? Yes, bacteria, okay, caused by bacteria. Okay, what happens if you have leprosy? Pardon me? Yes, you lose a uh, pain sensation, right? Uh, as you can see here, because you, uh, you damage your legs a lot, you know, something often they get their legs amputated, your fingers become like this, so you can't, so, you know, some people, some of the lepers, they can't even eat with their own hands. They have to strap a, a, a spoon onto the arm and eat like this. Okay, imagine that. Imagine. And I can see their faces often get uh, distorted. Uh, their, uh, their teeth fall out. Their nose gets crooked, right? It's very, very sad. You know, we hear about leprosy in the Bible, but I don't think we really comprehend how terrible the disease is until you actually see it. In any case, in China, there are thousands of lepers, and there are Korean missionaries and Chinese missionaries who are serving the lepers, okay? And friends, friends, do you know what it costs them to serve the lepers, okay? You know that these, some of, these, some of the uh, missionaries, you change the slide, you know? The lady on the left, uh, uh, yes, on your left, okay? Every night, she would sleep with the lepers. Okay, not in Hilton. <laughs> okay, not in Hilton. In a cold room in the winter time. 
She would sleep with the lepers because, you know, sometimes they would get up and they would have to go to the washroom, so she would, have to, she would need to help them because they can't walk properly. Okay? How many of us could do that? How many of us could do that, that kind of sacrifice? And there's some missionaries there who've given up marriage. Marriage. They say, they tell the lepers, I, I gave up marriage to marry you. Ladies, how many of you can say that? Okay. There are people there who gave up their degrees. They're doing graduate studies in China, gave it all up. Gave up the comforts of life okay, to go and serve lepers. Friends, can we do that? When we say, make me a servant, you're asking the Lord, make me like that. Amen? No. <laughs> no amen, okay? Amen? Okay. When you're saying, make me a servant, you're saying, Lord, teach me to sacrifice fully for other people. That's your prayer. Okay. But you know, there's something even more radical than that. Okay. I heard a story of a Christian missionary who was serving among the lepers in China. And for several years, he was trying to witness to them. He was made, not making a dent. The lepers would not, you know, would not believe him, would not convert. So he came to the Lord and asked the Lord, you know, why is my efforts failing? Why aren't these lepers getting it? And then do you know what he decided to do? He realized one thing. He said, the lepers are not believing me and not, not believing the gospel because I'm not a leper myself. Because there's distance, you know, so they think, oh, I'm the leper, you know, that he thinks I'm dirty, and you know, it's like, I'm afraid, we're afraid of this guy. So do you know what he started praying? Huh? Yes. That day on, he started praying, Lord, make me a leper. What, what did he pray? Say, Lord, make me a leper. So one day later, he was cooking or something, right? And you look at his hand, it was cut, badly cut. But he did not feel it. What does that mean? He had leprosy. So when he got up, he started running down the streets, praising the Lord. His Lord, guys, the Lord has made me a leper. The Lord has made me a leper. So lepers come out and say, you know, you're a leper now? Like, what do you mean the Lord has made you a leper? And he started explaining the story. You know, I love you so much. I want to share the gospel. And I want to, I'd ask the Lord to make me a leper for your sake. And in the minds of the lepers, like, wait, we are the most despised people in society. We are outcasts. What could cause a man to want to become one of us? What is this thing about Jesus Christ? What is this thing about Jesus Christ? And they started converting to Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay? Friends, when you say, make me a servant, you're asking for that kind of experience, that kind of heart. Lord, make me, sacrifice everything. Make me into whatever you want me to be for the sake of other people. Is that your prayer? Yes? Okay. Okay, you're asking the Lord for sacrifice. And of course, Jesus Christ laid down his life and paid the ultimate price. Okay? Laying down his life for our sins. Okay? So, when we say, make me a servant, the Lord says, okay, you know, you want to be a servant. You know, that's fine. That's awesome. You know, give up your career, your most cherished desires, okay, your money, 
your time. Don't just spend your time on vacation. I'm not saying it's bad, okay? Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying vacation is necessarily bad, okay? But, okay, can you sacrifice your time to go out and serve the Lord? Okay, your money. You know, you know what's awesome about my church ladies in my church? They brag about buying their clothing from Valley Village. <laughs> Amen? Okay, I'm not going to say who they are, okay? You know, I was talking to one of the, one of the ladies recently, and like, she, she had like a nice shirt on. I'm like, oh, that's a nice shirt. It looks good on you. So yeah, I bought it from Valley Village. So proud, okay? Sacrifice, okay? Sacrifice, okay? Ellen White, can you turn? Next slide. God calls us, make me a servant, calls us to sacrifice our comforts. Okay, let's read this together, prophets and kings. Of families, as of individuals, the question is asked, what doest thou here? God calls for Christian families to go into the dark places of the earth and work wisely and perseveringly for those who are enshrouded in spiritual gloom. To answer this call requires what? Self-sacrifice. Okay. Friends, how many of you come from a big church? A big Adventist church. Say over like 200 people. <laughs> Breen is putting his hand up high, proud. Okay. You know, it's very comfortable to be in a big church among lots of Adventists. It's very comfortable to be here in Toronto with a lot of Adventists. Comfortable to be in Oshawa. Like every, every postal code is Adventist, yes? Around Kingsway. We have our SDACC office there, the Ontario Conference office there, the massive ABC. It's very comfortable. It's comfortable to be in Berrien Springs, where Andrews University is. It's comfortable to be in Loma Linda. Right? It's not, I'm not saying it's necessarily bad to be there, but God calls us to move out, uh, move out from our comfort zone and go to, the, go to what places? What places? The dark places, friends. The dark places. Okay, ECYC's mission is to reach the unreached places of Canada. Okay, you just heard that we were in Newfoundland. Talking to some of the pastors there, Right? And they're telling me about medical missionary work. They say, we want to do medical missionary work because Newfoundland is the unhealthiest province in Canada. Did you know that? Did you know? Well, a quarter of the people in Newfoundland are obese. Okay. There's a great need for medical work there. So I said, you know, so why don't you do medical work? They said, because there's no medical prof professionals in Newfoundland. There's like, like one nurse maybe. Right? Is that correct? Like one nurse and one nutritionist. That's it for the entire province. All the medical professionals are where? They're in Loma Linda. Yes, they're in Loma Linda. Okay, or Florida, Florida Hospital. Right, or Kettering or someplace like that. Okay, or they're all going overseas. But how about Canada, friends? How about Canada? You know, I want to make a special appeal to our medical professionals here. Okay? God calls you to sacrifice. Okay, God calls you to sacrifice. Oh, but Lord, you know, I'm... There's no one, there's no other Adventist in Newfoundland. How am I going to get married? Okay? How am I going to get married? I have to go to Berrien Springs. <laughs> go to, if you're Korean, go to Loma Linda. You know, marry a good doctor or nurse or whoever. Right? Just go. God might send someone to, to you <laughs> after that. You know, who knows? Okay? But God calls us to leave our comfort zone and go to the dark places. Okay, next year, ECYC is going to... Manitoulin Island. Okay, switch the slide. Yeah, Manitoulin Island. Massive island. 
that's in the middle of nowhere, okay? They never even heard of it until a couple months ago, okay? Thousands of natives there, okay? Who will go for us? Okay, who will go for us? Okay. Next year's summer, you know, several of them, several of the e-com, we are planning to go there long-term. Amen? We want to go, so, you know, we go there for two weeks, three weeks, we come back, you know, but we have to do follow-up. But the, but the fact that it matters, there is no one to do follow-up in Manitoulin. Only one family. So we realize, you know, we have to go and sacrifice, sacrifice and go there long-term. Yes, <laughs> thank you for your support, okay? From May to August, we'll do pre-work, and from September, econ members will be there, sacrificing school to go and do post-work long-term. Friends, I, would, I really would love to see some of you join us. Okay, medical professionals, okay, working among the natives. Okay, God calls us to leave our comfort, comfort zone. Okay, I have to wrap up. Um, last, I guess the last point I'll make is that the Lord call, calls us to serve. Okay, the Lord, the Lord calls us to serve. In verse 20, says, Jesus uh, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Okay. In the parable, in the parable of the um, uh, of the talents. Okay. You all know the parable. Yes, we all know the parable. Okay. In the parable of the talents, the the master gives one servant how many? Five talents. To another, two talents. And to another, one talent. Okay? Okay? Two of them are called, what's the declaration when he comes back? Good and faithful. The other is called? Wicked, uh, wicked lazy, and unprofitable servant. What is the difference? What is the difference between the two? What was the difference? Yes, thank you. Okay, the difference is what did they do with the talents that the Lord gave them? Okay, two cases. Ellen White, no, next. She says in Christ's object lessons, in the great judgment day, those who have not worked for Christ, those who have just along carrying no responsibility, thinking of who? Of, the, of themselves. When we say make me a servant, we're also asking for what? Make me selfless. Okay? Pleasing themselves will be placed by the judge of all the earth with those who did evil. They receive the what? The same condemnation. Okay, next. She says, Many who profess to be Christians neglect the claims of God, and yet they do not feel that in this there is anything wrong. They know that the blasphemer, the murderer, the adulterer deserves punishment. Yeah, so when you look at the news, Right? And we hear about the serial rapist, and we're like, they should be in jail. Right? We hear about the murderer, you know, they should be in jail. You know the guy that just did the shooting? Where, where was that again? In Colorado, in the, you know, he tried to be the joker or something like that. Right? We have to bring him to justice. Okay? And should they be? Yes, they should be. But as for them, they enjoy the services of religion. How many of you actually love going to church? Huh? Yes, amen. Okay, we should love going to church. She's not saying we shouldn't. Okay, they love to hear the gospel preached. How many of you love to hear the gospel preached? 
for, for a period of my life, I used to be an audio verse junkie. Okay, and we, we praise the Lord for audio verse here. I'd be doing my lab work, hours with working with the rats, you know, changing the food, the litter, and just listening to audio sermons. Do you know what it feels like to listen to audio sermons for three hours straight? Getting rebuked three hours straight? You know, <laughs> your, your brain gets tired, right? So I used to be an audio person. I used to love listening to the Word of God. Just, just loved it. It was entertainment. My brother and I, we grew up, as we said, listening to Amazing Facts, Doug Bachelor series, Millennium of Prophecy, the next Millennium Seminar in New York. We'd eat dinner. You know, we have TV dinners. Yes, you know, they call it TV dinners. George and I, we had our own version of TV dinners. We'd watch, we you know, eat dinner, and we'd watch a Doug Bachelor video. Right? And that was the entertainment. <laughs> we love to hear the Word of God. Okay? And that's a good thing. But she's saying these people do too. And therefore they, what? They think, are they Christians? No, they think themselves Christians. Like the Jews, they mistake the enjoyment of their blessings for the use they should make of them. Friends, the true Christian is not the one who, own, who just likes coming to church, listening to sermons, listening to audioverse, socializing with church friends, not just that. If you want to be a true servant, you must go to work for the Lord. Everyone understand? Amen? Yes, we must go to work for the Lord. Then, when the Lord comes, he will declare unto us, good and faithful servant. Do you want to be a good and faithful servant? Yes, we must go to work for the Lord. Okay? Um, change it. And friends, you know, as ECYC, especially, we all must go to work here in Canada. Okay? Here in Canada. Do you know what the longest street in the world is? Young Street. Now, for the Americans, for our speakers who are, who are not familiar with Young Street, you get off the, you go on the 409, you go east, okay? You go on the 401 east, and you see an exit for, for Young Street. Okay, and you hop on it, it's the longest street in the world. Now, you know, I drive up and down Young Street a lot. I live on or near Young Street. And you know something, I'll be coming from downtown. I'll be coming from downtown, driving my car, and I'm going up Young Street. Okay? And you know, have you ever have you ever have you guys ever driven down Young Street before? In the downtown core. What's on Young Street in the downtown area? Stores, okay, well, what kind of stores? Okay. Huh? okay, there's a lot of various different stores, like restaurants, and then there's like these theaters, there's these weird adult stores, right? And you know, you go there, you're driving down like Friday, Friday night, you're driving down, you see these university students doing all this foolishness, you know, on Friday nights. And you know, honestly, as I drive down, I have this like, this burden in my heart. This burden, say, like, Lord, so I just, you know, just, just, just look at these guys, right? Living without Jesus, living without a purpose in life, right? And just driving down and say, Lord, how are we going to reach these people? How are we going to reach these people? You know? And then as I keep going down, I hit, you know, Shepherd Avenue. What happens when you start hitting Shepherd Avenue? What kind of stores start appearing? Do you know? Korean stores, okay? From Shepherd on up to like Steel's and a little above, it's Korean town. 
And you know, I'm a Korean, and I have a special burden for my Korean brothers and sisters. So I'd be going up, the, up Young Street, and just looking at these, you know, my Korean young people, you know, and just have this burden, just this deep burden. Lord, how am I going to reach these Koreans? All they care about, you know, is, you know, singing, you know, norebang, right, karaoke, right? You know, these girls walking around in their short shorts, you know, you know, in their vanity. Some of them, you know, they're nerds, so they just love to study. All they want to do is get high marks, right? It's, it's true. It's true, right? And, you know, I'd be driving down. You know, I'd be driving down in, my, in the burden of my Lord. You know, sometimes my brother would look at me and say, you know, Dan, Dan, how, how are we going to reach these Koreans? How are we going to reach these Koreans? I just look at him and it's like, man, I don't know. I don't know. Friends, is that the burden that burns in your heart? When you look around you, I don't know where you're from, Brampton, Mississauga, London, Toronto, Oshawa. Is when you look at people in your school walking around, it's like, is the burden in your heart, Lord, how am I going to reach these people? And friends, when you say this morning or this afternoon, make me a servant, okay, God looks at you and says, Lord, you, whoever you are, go out and serve me. That's the call for us. Okay. So friends, when we say make me a servant, what are we asking for? What's the first thing? Make me, make me humble. Second thing, make me, make me completely selfless. Number three, make me sacrifice for others. Remember the missionaries to lepers? Yes, like them. Number four, what is it? Make me go to work. So friends, this morning, I just, I just want to make two very simple appeals. Two simple appeals. The first one, you know, maybe there's some of you this morning who've realized, you know, Lord, maybe I do have pride in my heart. Okay? You might be just a young person, maybe a minister. You might be a minister here, and you have pride in your position as the pastor of the church. Maybe you're an elder, some pride. Or maybe you realize, Lord, I'm starting to realize that I'm really selfish. I thought that I was pretty selfless, but I, I realized, you know, you call me a deeper level of selflessness. All self gone. All self gone. Friends, if that is you, okay, or maybe you realize, you know, Lord, I have not been living a sacrificial life. All my life, I've been just, just living for myself. And this morning, your prayer is, Lord, make me a true servant. If that's your prayer, I just want you just to stand up. Just stand up wherever you are. Lord, take away all my pride. Whether it's a degree behind my name, your looks, your abilities, your talents, even the smallest little pride, Lord, take it all away so I'm empty of self. Amen. Now, friends, I want to make a very specific appeal, and I really want those who answer this appeal to really meet it. As I shared, next year, summer, ECYC is going to Manitoulin Island, and we will be sending different waves of missionaries to do health expo, to do tutoring programs, to do children's camps, youth camps, to do health seminars, positive choice seminars, depression recovery seminars throughout the summer. 
And friends, I'm wondering if there's somebody here, the Holy Spirit is impressing upon your heart. Lord, I want to be with ECYC when they go on mission to Manitoulin Island next year. I want to be there and join them. I have talents, I have medical talents, I have medical knowledge. I'm good with kids, I'm a teacher, I'm good with tutoring, whatever it might be. And you say, Lord, you know, just a couple weeks. We're going throughout the summer, but we're going to send out waves, different waves of missionaries. You say, Lord, I'm dedicating two to three weeks to be with ECYC and Manitoulin Island next year, uh, next year's summertime. If that's you, I would like to invite you to come to the front. To come to the front. If you want to join us. I don't expect everyone to come, just whoever really sincerely wanting to come. Is there anybody else who wants to join us for a mission next year? Okay. Please bow your heads with me as we pray. Eternal Father, Lord, this is our prayer this morning, that you make us into servants. Father, I pray that you would take away from us all of our pride, just the desire to glorify ourselves, just to be noticed, all this, all this selfishness in us, all of our vanity and everything, Lord, jealousy, all of our sin, please remove that from us and give us a deeper experience. Lord, please help us to sacrifice for others, like those missionaries in China, like the missionary who decided, who wanted to be a leper for your children, and like Jesus Christ, who sacrificed his life on the cross for us to have that kind of heart, please give that to us, Lord. And lastly, please make us work. Lord, servants are meant to work. Father, I especially pray that you will use us to serve here in Canada, in the dark areas in Canada. Lord, please move upon our hearts and use us, Lord. Use the talents that you've given us to further your kingdom so that you may come again and that we may hear the affirmation from your mouth, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, this is our prayer. Please make this our experience. We pray in Christ's name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.